I think it was a span of 36 hours when my entire field and event marketing strategy literally crumbled to the floor. Hello again, and welcome to SaaS Half Full, the only show serving B2B SaaS marketers. I'm Lindsay Groper, president at Blast Media, and as always, I will be your host and bartender today. Wow, guys, what a strange time. At the time of this interview, like many of you, I've been working from home with my kids for seven weeks. But we've actually figured it out, and it's pretty awesome how you can actually adapt when you're forced into a new normal, right? Uh, B2B SaaS marketers are certainly no exception. You guys have suddenly, without warning, had to rework strategies, reallocate budgets, and reassess how to operate in the current digital-only environment. And one company who is no stranger to digital first is Drift. And I'm so excited to share a drink today with Kate Adams, VP of Marketing at Drift. So fill up your cup and join Kate and I as we talk about the big digital switch including into which channels you should reallocate budget and advice on how to navigate our new normal. Hi, Kate. Thanks for joining me on SAS Half Full. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Um, you and I talked about the, the shtick on the show is that we share a cocktail together, but I do realize it's a Monday and we're early into the afternoon. So you have a Diet Coke. I am staying true to the process, and I am having what's called the obligatory vodka drink. It's a citrus-infused cocktail, and it's giving me hope that we might be close to having pool days ahead. Please, can we? Can we open pools at some point? I would love that. That, that would be amazing. And uh, yeah, sorry to not be joining, but the Diet Coke is, is keeping it real here for me on a Monday. Kate, can you give us the speed dating version of how you got into B2B SaaS and then what your current role entails at Drift? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I started my career out in a, at a healthcare publishing company, and we started taking our more niche healthcare publications online. And in doing that, we started building online resource centers and et cetera for paid membership into these into these paid subscriptions. And that's where I really found my love for software and for SaaS. Now, fifteen years later, have found myself at Drift. And there might be one person, maybe one, who doesn't know who Drift is and what you guys do. Um, so for that one person, give us a, a quick uh, elevator pitch of what Drift does. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Drift is a conversational marketing platform. Our hypothesis is that we're broken because we've forgotten that people are on the other side of this entire process. And that it's really about our goal as marketers isn't to just fill up our CRM systems with more acronyms. There has to be a better way. And so that is exactly what Drift does. You mentioned building relationships with buyers, and that is something that has seen a seismic shift right in the last seven weeks. And I love a good analogy. You recently wrote, at a time when the business world has a headache, is digital the Tylenol needed to see us through? Well done. So let's start with the current headache. What are you seeing as the biggest pain point for marketers during this current climate? So uh, I'm VP of marketing at Drift. I, I head up demand gen. And so what what I'm incredibly lucky in my role to do is to actually uh, be the buyer of our own software. I think it was a span of 36 hours when my entire field and event marketing strategy literally crumbled to the floor. 
where all of my sponsorship dollars that I thought I had committed and were planning on and I was forecasting pipeline generation on literally just was gone. And so after I threw myself a good pity party uh, riding the train, we picked ourselves up kind of by our bootstraps and said, okay, great. Like there's nothing I love more than a good challenge. And so, okay, fine. You want me to hit these pipeline uh, numbers? No problem. Okay. Now you want me to hit these pipeline numbers with one hand tied tied behind my back? Happy to do so. Let's, Let's get it. And so I think tons of marketers out there have had to do the exact same thing, which is just really rethink uh, their entire plan uh, and rethink goals, how they'll achieve those goals, where they'll make their investments and how they're going to do that. So after the pity party, which I hear you, man, do I hear you. What was the first thing that you did sort of when, you know, when you came back into the light, what was the first thing that you did? Where did you start? to try and make sense of this and formulate a brand new plan and new reality? I think the new plan came in really in two main places. One, it was, uh, we realized that, hey, just like ourselves, all of our partners just got all of these notifications that all of these events were canceled and that people were not going to be going out of their homes for quite some time. We thought of two things. One, this really stinks for the marketers and sales folks that were going to attend these conferences because that is a huge professional development opportunity, right? For a lot of these professionals, this is where they were going to go and have a rejuvenating two, three, four day educational experience that now doesn't even exist at all. And so there was that that came to mind. And there was also uh, the other thing that came to mind that we're not alone, that all of our partners in the marketing technology, sales technology space also have the same exact problem that we do. Kind of realized that it was, this was bigger than a conference. It was bigger than an event marketing strategy. It was bigger than our field marketing strategy. This was about surrounding our community with an opportunity to have an amazing experience. Uh, And so we dug in and one single email to a list of about 25 different partners and said, I think the subject line was something like, put the beer, wine, chocolate, weights, remote down and answer this email. And it was really just that. It was like, this is a time that we need to surround our community of marketers and salespeople with an opportunity to educate themselves take their game to the next level. They need us now more than ever. And so can we come together and put together an event for all of us that is an amazing way to spend their time? So we we came up with the idea of holding a two-day conference, online virtual conference that we called Rev Growth. Uh, and we had 20 partners. I had 20 partners get back to me in the span of 24 hours. Uh, and replied to that email and said, we're in. And they didn't even know the specifics yet. Um, and so we went to work and, you know, I'm incredibly fortunate to be surrounded by a lot of talented marketers, not only at Drift, but within that community. And uh, we had a partner on 24 who hosted the event for us. Uh, we had partners all over the place who just came in and said, yes, we are committed to doing this tell us how. And uh, we, we got that all accomplished in 
in six weeks and we had over 8,000 people register uh, for the event. The event was wildly successful and all of the comments and feedback we got on it were, were positive and we were super excited about that. So that was probably the cornerstone of us uh, reinventing our strategy in a quick time frame. And then the other component was we run a quarterly campaign planning process. So we were able to then say, okay, so now with rev growth in the mix, how do we need to change? I think like every other marketer in the world, we were like, how are we changing what we're going to talk about? Because we can't just go out with the same messages and just be completely tone deaf to the world. How does this change? One, how we position drift as a business. How does this change uh, the problems that we help solve? How do we make sure that we're talking about the most uh, relevant and timely information? Because I know we quickly saw marketers coming together and just asking questions, whether it was in the drift insider community or, or other ways, which is like, Hey, what's everybody else doing? What are you guys seeing? Not only what are you doing to achieve your business outcomes, but like, what are you doing to help your teams not just survive, but thrive in this environment? How are you pulling these people together? How are you giving people a positive uh, work experience, et cetera? And so, so we did all that and uh, came up with and, and shifted our overall campaign strategy and, and were able to, to pivot on a couple of different things there. Yeah. I mean, on all accounts, it looked like Rev growth absolutely slayed. I would be curious, what's something that now that it's, it's over, what's something that is something you would have done differently? So we had some, you know, we're drifts and we're kind of known for doing things a little bit different. So we, we did have a, a DJ like segment in the conference. We did have two workout sessions in the conference, but I think one of the things that we, that we, potentially would have done differently is I would have added an MC into the day just to make sure that people were uh, getting ushered through and kind of bringing a more cohesive thread to to it overall. You know, ideally would have had more time too, because um, with more time, it's amazing all the things that you can do. But, you know, there isn't much that would ultimately change in the end. I think now is an awesome opportunity too to get those speakers that you would love to have at your in-person event who are never available, who are all of a sudden are a lot more available because they're not on airplanes and they're not traveling and they're not committed. And they, it's like not this huge lift. Uh, they can move from one virtual event to another. So I think uh, you can shoot for the stars here as it, come, as it relates to speakers too as well. Yeah, that's good advice. I want to get a little more tactical. Um, we all know that event field marketing budgets are, are being reallocated. So in addition to taking events virtual, um, and certainly guys, if you haven't checked out um, Rev Growth, please do. There were some really good lessons that everybody can learn if you're taking an event virtual. But talk to me about which other channels specifically should marketers be dumping those in funds into now? Now is the time to go digital. I think now you've got to get more creative than ever. And I looked at this in in the early days. I think people were, uh, there was a ton of fright and kind of peril and nail biting in the world. And I looked at this and was like, great, this is another cha challenge. And I think back over my career, uh, the times when I've been the most creative is that the times when I've had the biggest challenges ahead of me. And so I'd look at this and say, great, let's bring it on. And so every dollar that you were going to plan and in, uh, investing in events and in field, you now need to put it into your digital channels. And now what's interesting is I think people are 
online now more than they ever, ever have been before, right? So we've seen our paid social program tick up quite a bit. We've seen our SEM program tick up quite a bit. But what you also must do is you have to raise the bar, right? Because not only are they online more than ever before, but like you need to captivate their attention while they're online. And so being able to do that means that you need to like get really, really, really creative with what you're doing and stand out and test and learn, I think, faster than you've ever done before. And so now I think is really the time to to go double down on digital. So all of those landing page tests that you've wanted to run, but haven't quite gotten around to it, go do it now, right? All of those uh, different uh, experiments, conversion rate optimization experiments you wanted to run on your site, go do it. All of those enhancements that you wanted to make to create, uh, I know it seems crazy, but newsletter subscriptions, go do it. Uh, right? We're on a podcast, like you've had this idea of, oh, it would be amazing if we had X, Y, and Z podcast. There's no time like right now. Uh, and everybody thinks you need some glorious studio right now. I don't know what room in the house you're in, uh, but I'm in my basement, right? It does. You don't need all of this fancy equipment to make things happen for yourself. And so all of the things that you've been thinking about doing from a digital perspective, but haven't gotten around to now is the time to make it happen for yourself. Yeah. My podcast studio is so advanced. It has a bar and an elliptical (laughs) and a a kid sized basketball hoop. So I mean, mine is really, really overperforming. (laughs) You mentioned SEM, SEO. What about email? video and what are your, what's your advice or any particular software that you would recommend to to iterate content quickly get new content up and on the site so actually I was Justin Keller was a presenter at uh, Rev Growth and he I mean the things that people are doing with video it's amazing you know people think that video has to stop it doesn't uh, pretty much all you need is a tripod and your iPhone or Android if you're into that to make that happen for yourself Justin actually he he showed a photo that they have a his CEO has a full green screen uh, effect going on in his basement right now uh, which probably I should think about investing in but you don't need all of the fancy setup to make anything happen. Just like I talked about in podcasts, I think now's the time when you can really execute on that stuff for a really low cost. I mean, there's do it yourself, like home video studios that you can just make happen for yourself. We did that for every RevGrow speaker. We sent out the tripod, we sent out the mic, we sent out a quick screen for the, for uh, the background on each speaker to be consistent that is all incredibly possible to do right now. It does beg the question, if everyone is pivoting now to double down on digital at the same time, how can a brand outperform um, show correlated ROI? Yeah, I think it's really important that you are always measuring and monitoring that. Uh, Attribution is a big piece of something that we're digging really deep in into here we're visible customers so uh it's it's uh, a little bit easier for us we can understand exactly uh how each of our channels is actually what it's doing for each of the opportunities that we're that we're creating and in terms of what channel is coming in first touch versus getting us to demo booked versus getting us to opportunity creation or versus just any of those middle touches across that life cycle i think it's important that you that you weigh that so that you can really understand exactly what 
what the payback is from an ROI perspective. You've got to be data centered on that. So in order to do that, you really have to have make sure that you're set up, that your tracking is set up really well to execute on that, right? So how are you following all the way from link click into becoming a lead into then when that lead gets followed up on then to when it moves into from meeting to opportunity and then a finally to closed one. And everybody knows now it's not, uh, I think Forrester's last count was like uh, an average of, I think 18 touches kind of across that life cycle in order just to get to opportunity creation, uh, which is crazy. So I think it's it's important that you have the right tool set and also important that you're set up to track. Don't haphazardly just go throwing a bunch of ads up that point to your homepage, right? That's not going to do it. Make sure that you have ad creative that correlates to the landing page, that correlates to the chat experience, if you have that, that correlates back into, and then what happens after that person converts on that offer? I'm a big proponent of always talking about what's the next best action I want somebody to take. So don't leave any dead ends, right? Like get them into that one primary offer and then ask for the next offer that you want them to get into. Uh, how are you, how are you bringing that nurture experience to life when they come back? to your website for the second, the third, the fourth time, right? I'm luckily able to do that with our own software because we drink our own champagne here. But it's super important that you, you know, when you look at email, and by the way, you know, I think people have been talking about email being dead now for the last at least 10 to 15 years. Email is alive and well, uh, more than ever before. And I know that I'm not the only marketer that knows that because there's so many more marketers there who are going out and reinvesting in their email channel. But one of the key things that we always try to think about here is when everybody else is zigging, how do you zag, right? How do you go the other way? And so if everybody else is sending these highly designed HTML emails that you click a button that then takes you to a landing page and asks you to fill out a form, which always bewilders me a little bit because why do you need me to fill out this form again? You already clearly have my contact information already. But like, how do you then bring those people back into a different experience and provide an amazing experience that recognizes that you know them, right? That you know them, that you know their business and that you have a solution that can help them. And so for us, like maybe the zag there is like go text-based email, right? And, and keep your email conversational. How do you build... Again, I, th- I think a lot of B2B is built on relationships. And so like, how are you constantly building and progressing that re- relationship over time? I want to dive into the relationship between sales and marketing teams right now. There's always a lot of talk about the alignment or misalignment of those departments. Are you finding that there has been any impact on that relationship in the current environment? Are you seeing that you're more closely aligned or or even more disparate based on what's happening in the market today? Yeah, the sales and marketing paradigm is always an interesting one and something that folks talk about all the time. Uh, there's a gif of a FedEx delivery person who just takes a box out of the back of the truck and literally throws it over the fence. And that's, I've used that in a couple of presentations as, is that's my analogy for sometimes how sales and marketing relationships work, right? Which is marketing brings in leads and then throws them over the fence to sales and then gets in the truck and drives down the road. And if that is how you're working with your sales team today, it is fundamentally broken. I think 
one of the most exciting parts of me coming to Drift was this has the, been the best marketing and sales relationship I've ever worked in as a marketer. Uh, but even then, we we still have plenty of work to do to get to alignment and and get to make sure that we're communicating and to make sure that we're in lockstep every step along the way. But I think this crisis, this pandemic, has actually forced me to get even closer to my sales counterparts because now is the time when I, as a marketer, have to be listening to the market more than ever, right? And one of the most one of the ways to do that is to be talking with my sales team. I talk with these folks on a daily basis, not a single day goes by that where it's, I'm constantly circling up with those folks. Like prime example was we've seen industries that historically we hadn't seen a big demand from in the past, uh, like healthcare, right? Uh, We actually had clients who built a bot that actually qualified somebody's coronavirus symptoms and then directed them to the right kind of action to take all through a bot. We had another client of ours build a bot that was helping to source PPE for healthcare facilities. And so, you know, sales saw that first before I could see it in a big data way. And then once we dug through and dug in deeper, we were able to uncover other other areas where we were seeing things happen. So now more than ever is the time that I think my sales counterparts and I are so, so closely aligned and constantly just listening to, hey, I heard this today. I heard that today. These folks are asking about this and then being able to bubble those up and understand like, okay, is this a theme? How do we need to go figure this out together? You've been in B2B SaaS marketing for quite some time. And you had mentioned that you know, in times of major challenges is when you're most creative. How do you see our current climate fundamentally changing the way marketers approach digital moving forward? Or, or do you see it changing? Yeah, I see it changing, you know, a ton. We were just talking about this in meetings earlier today. I mean, Facebook has come out and said that they are not having gatherings of 50 people or more through June of 2021. Excuse me while I dug my cocktail. (laughs) Yeah, you and me both. So I think the reality is that in we had, I literally just had this conversation hours ago. This is the new normal, right? I think over you know, just over the the past weekend here, it came out, it was like social distancing is going to be something that keeps up all the way through the summer at least, right? And so, you know, what I'm trying to ground ourselves in, because I think for a long time, I think people have been holding their breath, thinking that that we're going to flip the switch and it every and someday in the near future, right? And that day seems to keep moving. I think it was originally it's it's like been May fourth, and now it's going to push back even more, and then it's going to be June 29th. But I think even after June 29th, like this is we are in the new normal, and so yes, things will get better. And yes, we will get out into the world again. But I've got friends who work in the city and just outside of Boston here. And they have already, their companies have already put into place actions where only 20% of the people who would normally be in their office will be in their office and they'll rotate through. So it's 20% of the 
uh, workforce one day a week that'll actually come into the office. So the reality is like, this is not going to change. We are not going to go back. We're not all going to hop on a plane next month and go to X, Y, and Z conference. So this is, you've got to build a strategy that can endure no matter what, endure whatever comes at us in the future. And so a big piece of that has got to be that you are not contingent on the place one of your buyers is going to be at, whether that is at an event, whether that is at their office, whether that wherever they are, you have to go figure out how to take that component out of the mix of things and really be able to to get more creative and dig deeper on, okay, great, how can we invigorate this group of people or engage this group of people in a different way. I've seen some ama- some great companies doing things like every Friday, there's a coffee meeting with a bunch of CMOs who are just talking about all the things that they're working on, regardless of coronavirus or not, but who are who are just figuring each of these things out or who are talking about, hey, how do you how do you engage the team at a time like this? What's working in terms of like keeping the energy of your team up over time? Right. And so all of those conversations, I think, are super important. But I think it's definitely got to be you don't think about this as like, okay, I only have to figure this out for the next four weeks. Think about this as like you've got to figure it out for then through the end of the year, right? And anything that comes back before then is just going to be icing on the cake, right? But I think moving forward, it's just, this is, you got a plan. This, this is your digital plan for the next, for the remainder of the year, at least. Well, hypothetically speaking, where would be the first place that you want to visit if shit ever does get back to normal? And who are you taking with you? Yeah, that's so funny. You know what? I'm not even going to pose. I, I haven't even been able to think that far ahead. We were just joking with neighbors of ours. We were both on vacation. With, I think we, we coined it as the last vacation of 2020 because we were, we were, I was on vacation uh, March 10th to the 14th. And really, literally, as we were flying home, I felt like, man, this could be the, la- the last flight coming into Boston at that point. And certainly has, wasn't, but it felt that way. And so I, I don't know, I, I'm just basking in the glory of having gotten the vacation in right before this all went down. Yeah. I mean, the last place I traveled was when you and I synced up at B2BMX in Scottsdale. I'm like, oh, I had the opportunity to extend that a couple of days and I didn't do it. <laughs> and I was kicking myself. I was like, no, that uh, was my, my last trip. Uh, it was a good one. It was it was worth it, but it was beautiful and sunny. And uh, yeah, I wish I would have taken a little bit more advantage of that. Yeah, me too. Well, this has been awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, do you have a signature or favorite toast to send us out? I would just say, here's to health and happiness and staying sane. That's perfect. I will certainly drink to that. Thank you, Kate, so much. I appreciate it. Thanks again to Kate for joining us on the show. If you want to try my obligatory vodka drink, we're giving away a limited number of cocktail kits to our listeners delivered straight to your door. Listen, y'all are in quarantine. I know you're running out of booze basically weekly, so take us up on this offer. All you have to do is go to cocktailcourier.com slash sasshalffull and use promo code marketing to claim a free cocktail kit. Again, cocktailcourier.com slash sass half full and use promo code marketing. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Until next time, bottoms up. <laughs>